This episode of Fuel for the Soul is powered by ASICS. Head over to ASICS.com and sign up for a one ASICS account. It's completely free, and when you sign up, you'll receive 10% off your first purchase. You'll also gain access to exclusive colorways on ASICS.com, free standard shipping, special birthday month discounts, and more. Hi, this is Thomas with Believe in the Run. This is Megan with Believe in the Run. And this is Megan with Featherstone Nutrition. A.K.A. Feathers. And if you're not calling her Feathers by this point, are you really a fan? Are you a friend of the show? <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's Feathers. Like, you shouldn't even go by Megan anymore. You should just be like Feathers all Sign the time. Sign documents. Yeah. Feathers. Like, <laughs> legally, I want to see your license, and it'd be like Feathers. Be like, Wait, hey. I could do that, because like, I could just put like an M. And then make feathers very clear and like do it for the stun. <laughs> yeah, I drop the trail I drop the stun. There you go. The stone. I like that. Yeah, I drop like all that. the stun and stone, all that stuff. Just it's too feathers. much. Stun stone. It's too confusing. Yes. Yeah. Actually, yeah. if you just had the last name Stunstone, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> that would be also very confusing. Um, Are we doing a show about Fuel for the Soul? Yeah, so this is Fuel for the Soul, and we have an exciting new sponsor of this episode called Runway, but it's just R N. Like we're not paying for the vowels, no vowels, no vowels. We're not paying extra. And they are well, Megan. You break it down. Introduced to them in New York, and then you met them in Austin at the running event. And tell us all about them. Yeah. So this this was probably one of the funnier run-ins. So remember, you and I were like at the bar getting a glass of wine and started chit chatting, and happened to be like in a conversation with one of the co-owners of Runway. And we were talking about how we don't have access to the Alphafy 3s yet. And they did. And like, that was our conversation. And then somehow out of that, now we are trying a new supplement and it's amazing. And here we go. So yeah, they were in TRE also. So I spent some time talking to the co-owners when we were down there and they're just super cool humans, right? And I think, you know, we mentioned this a little bit before, but it's a product that, I like it when, A, it's a product that we all use, believe in, that type of stuff. And then B, when it's something that makes it easier for us to fit it into our lifestyle. So with a lot of my clients, with they're trying to take collagen. It's like, it's clunky, right? It doesn't taste good. So it's not like you can add it to everything. Some people don't drink coffee before they run. So they don't add it to that. So this is a way to get collagen in. It's super easy. It tastes more like an electrolyte drink, kind of slug it back. Um so I think it fills a need. I think it fills a gap for a lot of people that want to take collagen for the soft tissue and health benefits of, you know, tendon and ligament repair or decreasing a recurrent injury of an Achilles tendon or high hamstring tendonitis or those types of things. That's where, you know, collagen really shines. And I know we've had some episodes, you know, all about that. So it just makes it easier for people to take it, which, you know, is what we're always looking for. I don't care about the easy part. Yeah. Yes, you do. No. Yes, no. you do. Okay, I do. I don't want to build it myself, and it, it's not like IKEA furniture make. Um, the uh, what I care about, what I liked, and I, and I told the guys because you know, first we we try products before we'll, we're going to endorse them, and so I, I was trying it. I was going through the motions with it and just seeing if I liked it. And mm-hmm. the benefit that I got is typically when I wake up, I have my cup of coffee, get ready for my run. I go for my run. But I don't, it's it's like I have to think about drinking water or getting that mm-hmm. extra hydration in. So for me, what it is, is I mix it with the eight ounces. And so it's like 
I have coffee, which fulfills my caffeine needs. And then I made the runway to have like a drink and I realized I'm getting an extra eight ounces of water there. Yeah. And it tastes good. It's like lemon lime tastes, you know, like a electrolyte beverage. And so obviously the collagen is the heavy hitter in this that helps. If we're taking the collagen, we want to do it before activity because we have really poor blood flow to tendons and ligaments. So if we're taking it before, then we're more likely to get those substrates to those areas to help do the repair. So, you know, taking it before. And then I also like that they add, obviously there's some sodium in it. So it is like an electrolyte drink too. Um, And then there's a little bit of vitamin D, a little bit of B12. So things that a lot of us probably need more of anyways. Um, There's a couple other things kind of added to it. So it's good. And they were nice. If anybody wants to try it, if you're like, I need a new collagen supplement, Feathers 15 will get you 15% off. So if you want to give it a whirl, throw that code in there. And that's just rnwy.com. Is that where they go? (laughs) We'll put it, I'll put it in the show notes. notes. Type it in and see. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. So we have a lot of fun things to talk about. I think we're going to answer a lot of listener questions, but then first let's kick it off with this insane dude who is making the is he rounds on the interwebs because he decided to do this Costco hot dog eating. I don't, I don't even know what you call it. Uh, it's not a challenge. challenge. He just did it. Right. He challenged himself. No one challenged him. He challenged himself. So, I mean, this is like the crossroads of so many pieces. TikTok influencers, which we love to talk about around here and how ridiculous it is. And we have another question about TikTok we'll talk about today. Um, And he lives in Cleveland. So I was like, oh, we're going to the same Costco. Um, And (laughs) so this (laughs) and then it's going completely viral. And now he's trying to say that, like, this could be how we lose weight. So I'm like, okay, (laughs) we need to chat about this dude. So. He decided that for seven days he was going to eat nothing but the Costco hot dog. I thought it was 30 meal. days. It was only seven? No, it was only seven. Only seven. Oh, wow. Yeah. So for seven days, that's all he was allowed to eat. So he could he was drinking pop too, or soda as you guys call it. Um, so he was drinking like Pepsi and Mountain Dew. So he was getting some sugar obviously from that. But other than that, it was legitimately hot dogs because he wanted to spend $1.50. I guess it's crazy. These hot dogs are huge. And the bun and the condiments. Right. So then I'm looking, I'm like, these hot dogs, $1.50? Like, how much nutrition could be in these? These suckers must be massive. Have you guys ever eaten at Costco? You guys go to BJ's, right? Yeah, we don't have a Costco near us, but they have yeah. similar stuff at uh, BJ's. But, but nobody I've never, goes to BJ's for I've food. never had, Yeah. Th- to answer your question, no, I've never had. I like the hot IKEA dogs. hot dogs. I've had those. So I looked up the nutrition of one of these hot dogs. It's There's 570 calories, 33 grams of fat, 12 grams of saturated fat, 20 or 46 grams of carbs, and 24 grams of protein. So this has to be like a whole hoagie sandwich. Like that's a decent amount of nutrition for a hot I dog. I think they're pretty decent sized hot dogs. Like people get mad. Yeah. They're talking about raising the price of them. I think they went up from a yeah. dollar to a dollar fifty or a dollar twenty-five to a dollar. I mean, when you're looking at macros, that doesn't look that bad, except for I guess that saturated, saturated fat is fat. concerning. Right. And the sodium for a normal person, right? Oh, yeah. The so- That's right. I didn't write that. That was like 1,200 milligrams of sodium in one, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, anytime you're, t- you're I think, it, aren't nitrates the thing that people get weirded out about yeah. hot dogs? Yeah, that too. So, of course, I was like, okay, how many of these did he eat? So, he ate 29, no, 49 hot dogs, whatever it was, averaged out to four hot dogs per day. So, if we do the math, <laughs> that's like 2,300 calories, 132 grams of fat. 96 grams of protein, just shy of 200 grams of carbs, but he was drinking pop, so he got more carbs than that. 
Um, so I was like, you know, again, I was like, this is pretty wild. But at the same time, I'm like, like you said, Meg, it's not horrifically unbalanced. It's just way too high in fat. But and so then then at the end, he weighs in and out and he loses 4.2 pounds in seven days eating these. He did say he had a lot of diarrhea, though, right? Yeah, he did. He did. Maybe he was dehydrated. Um, so that's what made me watch this because I was like, how did this man lose weight? So then he very quickly and quietly says partway through, um, I also walked and ran up to 10 miles every single day. Ah. And then he, so I was like, he, this is a calories in calories out conversation. Like, yes, yeah. he only ate hot dogs from Costco, but he was burning more energy on a daily basis. If he was running or walking 10 miles a day, that's a, I mean, for, especially for somebody who wasn't doing that before, which it didn't sound like he was, um, he didn't create a new diet craze. He just ate less than his body needed on a daily basis. But he's gotten like on every sh- show, newscast, like 7 million views for this. It's wild how much attention he's gotten for it. The idea of it sounds good. Like I like I like a giz, gl- what do they call him, glizzy? I like a glizzy oh. every once in a while. What is a glizzy? That's a hot dog. It's a slang for Who's a hot Who calls dog. it a glizzy? The kids. The kids. So, oh, yeah. No cap, Meg. My son has tried to start saying that word, but I'm like, it's also short for a lot of other things. I'm like, I'm shutting this down. You were not saying that word ever. <laughs> yeah. Not, I, I won't even say it. I'm like, I can't. Okay. I mean, I'm sure it's bussing to hit the hot dogs. <laughs> yeah. You're bussing if you can eat them hot dogs. All right. And let's move on to some listener questions yes. here. Enough of this man and his crazy Costco hot dogs. Um Okay, our first question is actually from our friend Jen Scramenti. I love Jen. And she, she just sent, sent me us, a tracking number. She sent us an email, and then I got a text message to make sure it made it into the show. So, Jen, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, she said, her feathers, when training for shorter distances, 5K, 10K, maybe a half marathon, is there much of a nutrition shift in general? When marathon training, I'm usually hanging around 45 to 60 miles a week and doing traditional marathon-type workouts. However, taking a step back this winter and doing shorter races with an average of 40 to 45 miles per week right now with workouts being much faster in intensity, but shorter. For example, two fast workouts a week with a long run around 12 miles. Still keeping in two days of 20-minute strength training, I think I read we burn more glycogen running faster, but not entirely sure what that would mean for nutrition. Thanks, gang. Also, I'm curious what her weekly mileage is because that's not a light schedule she's doing. Mm -hmm. She said 40 to 45 miles per week. That's still pretty decent number like some people do that for marathon training right right and that was my big takeaway from this is she's absolutely correct we do torch more glycogen the higher intensity we're running at so to answer her question about that that means we need more carbs when we're doing higher intensity whether we take them during before after later in the day honestly it's a personal preference um but that would be the biggest thing when you're increasing intensity like that and also Given that she's doing two workouts during the week, I mean, that's that's a lot more than just like one, like a lot of people do. Obviously, two is more than one. Duh. Um, but I, I do think <laughs> I do think, um, you know, carb needs are going to be pretty important to keep up with these and keep up with the recovery process, because even though they're shorter, if we're torching through more glycogen during them in order to then hit that next workout in that week, we have to restore what we've burnt through, right? So we really need to stay on top of the recovery nutrition and not necessarily scaling back carbs with the assumption, oh, I'm running fewer miles. 
I don't need as many carbs because the intensity still is pretty high there. Um, and also I, I really do like to look at like, what's the change in total mileage. So she said she was from 45 to 60 and dropped to 40 to 45, but most likely the 60 mile, maybe high fifties was like for like two or three peak weeks, right? Like I would guess that the majority of her marathon training was probably 45 to 50, low fifties. That's not much different than where she is now to Thomas's you know point. So Honestly, I would say like, let's keep with those solid nutrition habits that Jen already developed and then just really make sure that we're supporting carbs before and after these workouts. I know I said during before, but we probably wouldn't feel during these shorter workouts because they are so much more intense. We don't tolerate that very well. So I would say like, keep with those great habits that she has. We probably don't need to scale back all that much, but I would just really hyper-focus on the before and the after piece and then just kind of notice appetite throughout the day. Like maybe we don't need a snack when we used to in like the peak of marathon training, but I don't think it'll be a huge, huge shift for her. And so if you are scaling back, like you just want to make sure it's the furthest away from your actual workout. So like, let's say you work out in the morning like the place to maybe look at scaling back a little bit would be dinner or like you're saying, maybe don't do the snack or something like that. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Keep up with the nutrition before and after so we can have good performance and then recover fast so we can be ready for that second workout. So even though, so say that you're loading for a half marathon versus a a marathon, you're doing the carb load right before Mm -hmm. same carb load. For a half marathon, I usually have people scale back to one day, but it depends on how long we're going to be out there too. For some people's half marathon pace, if it's over two hours, then there is really good research to show we should do the full shebang. We should do the full two or three day carb load. So part of it depends on how long we're going to be out there. Um, And I know we're all covering the same distance, but the longer you're out there, you know, the more total energy you're torching, the more glycogen you're using. Um, same as could be said for intensity. So there is a little bit of nuance to it all, but um, yeah, depends on how long we're out there for how long I recommend we carb load. All right, Jen, it doesn't sound like you have to change much. So that's the good news for you. She's not that far off of where she was for marathon training by any means. So that's what I look at a lot too. It's like, how much has our mileage changed? Like I have some people that are training for like ultras that are like 70 to 80 miles and they'll drop back to 40. That's a huge change for them, right? That's like half the mileage. But, um, you know, I don't think it's going to be quite as big of a shift for her. All right. Our next question is from Nicole Bors. Nicole Bors. I'm going to say that's her last name. I don't know. Um, Hey guys, can you give me some bagel topping options for my post-run breakfast? Typically, I enjoy cream cheese and everything bagel seasoning, but I realize cream cheese isn't very healthy, high fat, low protein. I don't like anything sweet post-run, so looking for something besides a nut butter. What are your thoughts? Thanks. I'm going to punt this to you guys. You guys are the bagel king and queen over there. What do you guys put on yours? Okay, so I normally make bagels on the day of my long run, so I'll have the dough rising while I'm running. And then when I come back, it takes like almost an hour for the bagels to be ready to eat. So when I first get back, I'll do like a momentous protein like shake or whatever. That's not a bagel To get protein. And then like if what I want is a bagel and cream cheese and and maybe a tomato or something, then I go with that. Or if I want the protein with the bagel, then I'm just doing an egg. Okay. That's great. She wants a (laughs) topping for it. Everybody knows you can put an egg on a bagel. That's great. Um, What you got? I... Today, I did turkey. So I made like, I took some all uh, avocado oil for the spread. So instead of putting on, you know, because I'm trying to watch that saturated fat or whatever, 
the, uh, sprayed it down with the avocado oil on the everything bagel, threw on some turkey, threw on tomato, some jalapenos, and had a nice little everything bagel turkey sandwich. But any of the proteins work. Like you can throw on whatever, if you like any deli meat, or if you want, say that you wanted something that was more vegetable friendly. I mean, hummus is great. I love hummus on a bagel. Uh, you can do all sorts of things that are, are going to be great that you don't have to take a protein supplement with. I mean, I'm, I'm often team Meg where I like slug back my protein first and then I eat a bagel or toast later. Um, but I'm here to challenge like nut butter does not have to be sweet. You guys know I'm like queen of savory nut butter. So like if you get a um, natural peanut butter or almond butter, all it is is that and salt. It's not like they've added sugar, so it's not as sweet. And I, you guys know, mine's sriracha, pickles, and peanut mm-hmm. butter on an everything bagel. It is so delicious. And then if I want to add protein, I'll add an egg. And then I add those Morningstar veggie sausages too. Um, oh, wait a second. It's epic. You would put an egg on peanut butter? She does yes. all the time. Try it. <laughs> Try it. Somebody told me I would have never put peanut butter with 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 pickles ever in my life. I thought I was being punked. I would have never put an egg with it. All of this people being like, "Hey Megan, you should try this." And then I'm like, "Okay, I'll try it." And I'm like, "Oh wow, they were onto something. This is delicious." Uh, well, <laughs> I do like um Megan will make it. We'll have like hamburgers and there'll be leftover hamburger patties mm-hmm. that are cooked. And I'll throw one of those on a bagel with a fried egg, and that's pretty amazing. It's almost like, yeah, like sausage really good. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. I mean, toppings are endless here. I agree. Avocados, that's another thing that could be super savory. She could do avocado and everything but the bagel instead of the sour or the cream cheese. But I'm totally fine with cream cheese sometimes. I don't think it's the devil by any means. I mean, I I think of bagels like bread. Like it's just a, a plain thing that you can add anything to it, like mm-hmm. whatever you want. So, yeah. So you guys yeah. who are listening, get crazy. Do something wild with your bagel. Tag us all in it so then we mm-hmm. can share it Yeah. so we can start promoting wild bagel sandwiches. I would love to see wild bagel sandwiches. <laughs> and Hashtag wild bagel sandwiches. Yes, yeah, I'd love to see it. But here's the thing. People will send stuff that they're not actually going to eat. No, they won't. So well, no, I don't want it to be un- – I don't want it to be inedible. I'm not saying like gross us out and put weird stuff on it. I'm like really do something epic and share it. Yeah. That you would eat. Yeah. I also yeah. guess what tuna tuna on a bagel is really good. Ugh. Yeah, Meg yeah. doesn't like any of the salads. Chicken salad, no. tuna salad on a bagel, very good. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> All right, people, let's see your uh, what you put on your bagel that has protein and tag mostly Megan. <laughs> <laughs> please don't take me <laughs> Meg doesn't you don't want all those stories in there I don't know some of them might I want to see them. it I feel like uh well you'll probably try more than I would I would, I would try will you try the peanut butter egg I will okay we'll report back on that one yes yeah I will okay. try it okay um our next question is from Joe Mercer he said love the podcast all-time favorite moment was during feathers Berlin recap when she said there was no electrolytes on course and Megan audibly gasped <laughs> that sounds like me uh, perfect <laughs> distillation of the show my question last year I gave up drinking for nine months mostly to see if I could do it for a month and then I just kept sounds going like they're pregnant out of stubbornness <laughs> at first I let myself eat more dessert or night snacks to ease the transition. But over a year later, I still think I'm snacking that same amount at night. I'm definitely not someone who accidentally underfuels my body to make up for it. I have considered returning to my prior modest beer consumption, which was typically something like one 16-ounce IPA while cooking dinner, maybe two on Friday. 
I think that might have helped me feel more full after dinner. Is that crazy? I'm kind of just rearranging the deck chairs of my impulse control issues, but I feel like the cookies and Cheez-Its at current volumes are worse than a beer a few nights a week when I don't have a workout or long run in the morning. Thank you. This is a phenomenal question. I was saw this and immediately was like, Joe, you're making the show. <laughs> this is wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. You made it. Um, well, this yeah. is also an Emily Oster style uh, question too, I think. Why? She's the one who's like, while, while the alcohol is bad for you, medical society thing, the yeah. alleviation of some stress. Oh, yeah is a benefit so yeah depending on how you look it at seems it. like he's more weighing like the health side of it too and like feeling fuller from a beer versus a snack and yeah i don't know megan yeah. you tell us all about it well that's what when i was reading it i i kind of took it as like i feel like he's trying to balance like his nutrition choices so he's like what's better like drinking the beer because that seems to keep me full and then i don't eat all these snacks at night or not drinking the beer because supposedly alcohol is bad for us. So like, what should I, but then I'm snacking too much, which is very common. Like we often swap if we're trying to cut back on alcohol, we often swap another like eating habit. And a lot of times it is something sweet like cookies or Cheez-Its for him. So looking at it from that standpoint, if we're looking at it from like a calorie, like addition in our nutrition, a 16 ounce IPA is like 250 to 300 calories, right? So like nothing crazy. But if he is drinking that before he's making dinner, it probably is filling him up a little bit, right? So it probably is kind of starting to fill him up so that he's more mindful throughout the rest of the evening. And so then I look up like, all right, what's the nutrition of Cheez-Its and Oreos? So if he ate a serving of Cheez-Its and a serving of Oreos, he's over 300 calories already. Who sits down and eats one serving of Cheez-Its? Let's be honest, right? So he's probably <laughs> eating more than one serving of maybe both of those. So he could be almost doubling his calorie intake eating the snacks versus the beer. So like looking at it from that standpoint, like maybe it would be advantageous if that's what he's focused on if he's focused on like total calorie intake which that's kind of how I pulled from this um you know maybe the the IPA is the least you know offensive when it comes to that um and honestly when you look at like the general guidelines of alcohol for men and women like one to two beers a night is considered okay for men so it's not like he's drinking to excess so I don't think that that's anything that's all that crazy but do, um, do you think it's like that thing where he's talking to his doctor and he's like uh, how many drinks do you have he goes two or three and he goes a week he goes no a night and he goes uh and that's beer and everything he goes, oh you're including beer <laughs> No, I mean, I feel like if Joe's taking the time to write in, I think he's being honest with yeah. us, you know, like for I, sure. Right. Like, I think he's being honest. Yeah. Why not? Um, yeah. So then the only other thing I thought about, which it sounds like he's a morning runner when he said, like, it yeah. won't impact my long run. But if he was an after work runner, I wouldn't want him drinking a beer before he had a meal. Right. That can delay recovery. So if he was running at like five and then drinking his beer before his meal, like I don't love that, right? That's going to impact muscle um, growth and glycogen replacement. Why can't I speak today? Um, So, but it doesn't sound like that's actually what he's doing. Um, So. And then he said he wouldn't have a beer the nights before his long runs or workouts. Sounds like it. Which you're saying is good because that could, I guess, dehydrate you. I mean, I don't think one beer is going to do anything, but I don't know. Probably not. 
Yeah. You know, I just think it's a good habit to get into, you know, because it can dehydrate us some, you know, it's like, let's be strategic about where we're using it. But you're right. One beer is probably not going to make or break anything. Um, But I mean, I do, I do want to say like, if Joe is doing this because he wants to try to give up alcohol, then keep eating the snacks, right? Like if the goal is to cut alcohol out of our life, who cares if we're eating some Cheez-Its, you know, but from the vibe I'm getting from his question is he's like, I don't think I like the snack habit. Like, is the beer such a bad thing? Right. So if that's the case, if he's like open to like what works best for me, maybe the excess snacking isn't great. So if he tries one night having that beer as he's cooking dinner, um, does that mean he's not hitting the cheese? It's later, you know, might be a good experiment and he could let us know how it goes. Why do you think there's so much um, like right now, it seems like more than ever, there's a push to get people away from alcohol. What do you, do. why, why is there such a strong, was it the pandemic? Did people go off the rails or it just seems like right now it's, it's almost like a, a trend, like you're bucking the trend if you drink. Right. I think it's coming from big influencers, like big health based influencers, right. That have huge followings and they are all, um, you know, sober. They're not drinking. So they're, you know, I don't, I, I think it's more of a influence type thing. None of the research has changed. We know, you know, from research that like alcohol isn't necessarily beneficial, right. But in moderation, is it harmful? That's where people like to argue. I personally don't think it is, but, um, you know, it's not like there's been a new research study coming out that made people, you know, respond like this. I think it's just kind of the chatter that's out there right now. It, you know, it, it, you just have to decide, but I do feel like there is such a negativity around it that it, mm-hmm. it it's confusing to people. Yeah, I totally agree. Even since we started this podcast, like I remember one of our first one, we talked about alcohol. I even think even since then, I think it has changed a lot over the last year or two, yeah. like the perceptions of alcohol and specifically the athletic community, not just the running community. But I do. I totally agree with you. I think there's some very strong messages that are out there now. And I always feel like when things slide way too far to one side and they slide way too far to the yeah. other side, that it almost is like a it, it's going to spring back on yeah. like on people. And it's, yeah. it'll be interesting to see how this trend continues. Right. And I mean, like you said, like this is a personal decision. Like if you're making the decision that feels best for you, then that's fine. And it's not disrupting your life or your health, as you said, you know, I think it's just, we just need to remember just like everything else. Like we talked about last week or last time, you know, like choosing to go vegan or not, like that's a personal decision that you make for yourself and you need to be, you know, on top of, uh, of that for yourself. And there's really no one else who can tell you to do it or not, you know? Um, I did want to, okay. So one just quick final thing on Joe's question about snacking Mm -hmm. versus having a beer. We always kind of talk about how having a snack late Mm. at night might affect your sleep Mm. or digestion. Um, Mm -hmm. What are the good ones and what are the bad ones? Yeah, like so having Cheez-Its and Oreos right before bed is probably not great, but I don't know. Yeah, there is some research now that we have people wearing like continuous glucose monitors a little more frequently that are athletes is if our blood sugars get like too high when we go to sleep, it does affect sleep quality. So if we're eating too much, like right before bed, it could certainly disrupt our sleep. Um, if we eat a, a bunch of fat that slows down digestion, which can, you know, decrease or disrupt our sleep as well. So yeah, I think that's a piece of it as well. But then on the flip side of that, like if he does have a long run in the morning. Didn't you at one point tell me that uh, like eating a little protein before bed is like 
they were saying that's a good thing. Yeah, if you have like a fourth dose okay. of protein before bed, that can help put on the muscle mass. But if he does have a long run in the morning, I don't hate that he's snacking on some Cheez-Its before bed. It's some extra carbs, stored as glycogen to help with his long run, you know? So again, we could be kind of strategic, like he said. Maybe there's no beer, but there are Cheez-Its the night before a long run. Yeah. All right, let's answer one last question here. Um, this one is from Katie. She said, hi, all. Tell me about berberine. Ber- what is that? I'm seeing it everywhere. The new hot supplement to regulate blood sugar and lose weight. I've heard it's called Nature's Ozempic. Oh, geez. Is it just (laughs) another wannabe magic pill, or is there something in it that's worth the investment if we want to shed a few pounds? Should we runners worry about lowering our blood sugar? I've heard it also increases energy and improves cardiovascular health. True or snake oil? It sounds like it's like a... It gives you wings. Yeah, this sounds like complete... Yes, it's and nature's ozempic, and it also gives you energy, and sure. you will lose weight, and your face will clear up. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you'll just be a perfect human. Um, I'm glad Katie submitted this because I've had a lot of people reach out on Instagram about this, so I was like, all right, let's chat about this on the podcast. So the answer is no, just absolutely not. Please do not take this supplement. So if you haven't heard of ozempic, it's an injectable weight loss medication that is now available very easily. People can get their hands on it very easily. Whereas before you had to get it through a doctor and now you still need a prescription for it. It is a prescription medication, but you can get it through Weight Watchers and through like designer weight loss clinics in your neighborhood. And like, it's it's pretty easy to get your hands on it now. In five years, are we going to be seeing a lot of lawsuits, you think? <laughs> I, I We could talk a whole podcast on Ozempic for sure, but it is concerning that it's getting in the hands of people who want to lose like some vanity pounds, especially as runners, because it decreases mm-hmm. our appetite. So it works in our brain and it works in our satiety center. So we just don't feel super hungry. We feel fairly apathetic about eating when we're taking it. People who um, actually need to take it and their doctor has decided this would be very helpful for their overall health say that their food noise is gone. Like when they're very preoccupied with food, a lot of people who have like excess body weight say that they just can't stop thinking about food. They never feel full. Like it takes that away. So if we're taking that away from the runner, from an athlete that needs those cues to fuel their body enough, what we're seeing is people malnourished with excessive muscle loss. So, you know, Ozempic in itself in the running community is really touchy right now, you know, because I, I, there was actually a thread that I got pulled into on, in a Facebook group about it. And that's exactly what these people were asking. Like, should I take this to get Meg to my race was just week? asking who's yeah. on Facebook <laughs> anymore. <laughs> Allie Feller's Facebook group. <laughs> that's the only okay. reason I'm on there. Um, so that's the, that's the Ozempic. So that's what we're, we're comparing this herbal supplement to. So the, like that is a very strong injectable medication that has very large weight loss side effects, consequences, whatever you want to say that come along with it. So this is a very strong claim to be claiming that an herbal supplement is nature's Ozempic. So it makes me laugh because this herbal supplement, I'm like, I don't even think this has been tested for weight loss, right? It's an, it's an ancient, you know, Chinese herbal supplement, um, that comes from a, you know, shrub that they, you know, make into any type of supplement that's not FDA regulated that we talk about all the time. And I was like, where did this even come from? And of course it came from TikTok again. Like there were some big influencers on TikTok that, you know, started taking this and lost all this weight. And I'm like, literally in my mind, I'm racking my brain. I'm like, I've never heard of this supplement causing weight loss. So I looked it up and sure enough, they've done some studies on it and it is for lowering blood sugar, which that doesn't 
cause weight loss. It just causes hypoglycemia and then lowering cholesterol. So any research that's in it is in that. It's not even in weight loss. So um, there are absolutely no studies to support that this would be a good idea for weight loss. And then on the flip side, there are plenty of studies that show that it has crazy interactions with a lot of common medications that people take, like um, medications to lower blood pressure, lower our cholesterol, certain antibiotics, cough syrup. Like there's some nasty, you know, things that we would never think about taking a supplement. Um, and then also it causes low blood sugar. So that would be terrible for a runner, right? To have hypoglycemia. Like that's not something we want to induce to maybe lose some weight, but really the supplement isn't even shown to lose weight. So let's just shut this one down. Let's just shut these TikTokers down and not take it. (laughs) In general, just to talk about supplements again, and this includes stuff like ketone IQ and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. There's not any regulation for the supplement market. Nope. So you can base, I could put sawdust in a pill capsule, mm-hmm. sell it to you till it's going to subside your hunger because your stomach's full of sawdust. <laughs> and I could sell that to you. And I could have people on TikTok selling it to you, saying they're mm-hmm. trying it and it's fantastic. Um, to your point, like if you're putting your sawdust pills on the shelves, no one can take that down until they've proved that it's sawdust and it's not what you said it was. So someone has to go out of their way to invest and to prove. Yeah. It's scary guys. Don't put that stuff in your body. Please don't. If we're worried about a beer at night and then we're taking this. Yeah. (laughs) That's always, that's always my favorite thing in the world is like the common sense like goes out the window when you have these supplements involved and it's just, it's crazy. I I totally understand it from a consumer point of view. Mm -hmm. I, I want to believe that, something that I can take is going to give me an advantage. But there's a magic pill or button or I mean, I don't know what it is about the human condition, but we're like, hey, if I could take that and it makes would make me feel good, let's do it. Mm -hmm. And you have done the research, so you know what's in it. But we get confused because when somebody who performs at a high level or does something at a high level says, this is a good thing to use, you're Mm -hmm. like, they must know. They and maybe they don't have the nutrition licenses that Feathers has, but they must know something because look at how they perform. Yeah, the supplement world is crazy. It is. It is. Um, But I had never heard of berberine, so I guess I'm also not in those um, algorithms yet. Well, I had heard uh, of it, but. Yeah, I had heard of it, but never for weight loss. That's why when I, people kept reaching out about it, I'm like, this is ridiculous. And then when I we finally got a submission and I went down the TikTok rabbit hole again, I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> like you said, common sense, folks. <laughs> yeah, like just like pause yeah. when people are touting something is this magical. I'm like, just take a breath and think about yeah. this for one second. Is right. this even possible? Probably right. not. <laughs> Well, I think that's why true, stuff like yeah, yeah, regular stuff that does work should be promoted like a supplement. Yeah, but I know. no like, one wants to hear that hard work and no, sleep I'm and just saying water stuff like, is going to I'm just saying stuff you. like beans. Beans are great protein resource. Rice is a great carb. Let's let's do some marketing on them. Be like, I mean, how much have we performance enhanced through graham crackers? Like, that's what I want to see. Right? But no one right. is. Shouting well, see, you graham need crackers to do, are giving them to you, you need for to free. Do you need to put it into you need to put a graham cracker into a pill form. Very small <laughs> graham cracker. Be good to go. What we need an all black 
a graham cracker box <laughs> with just the words on it. Like Graham. No, it will be Should we take like, the vowels um, out? <laughs> the ingredients. Yeah. Whole wheats. Whole wheat uh, energy. Energy bars. Yeah. Energy. I know. Energy flats. I love it. Okay. We have really gone off the rails here per <laughs> usual. So let's go ahead and um, wrap this one up. So we're going to say no to berberine. We're going to tell Joe it's really a personal preference, but the beer before dinner is probably okay if you're not doing a long run in the morning. Beer before dinner, never thinner. Send us your bagel <laughs> toppings. We gave you a bunch of ours. And um, Jen Scrementi, you don't have to change much because you haven't changed much. And you're rocking it. <laughs> yeah. Just rocking it. Yeah. yeah. And we love you. Yeah. We'll, we'll see you soon. All right. That's it, people. Thanks for tuning in. All right. Peas and carrots. Bye. Meg won't handle seafood at breakfast, so I didn't even bring it up. Nope. <laughs> There's a lot happening. A lot. I don't even know who I am anymore. Drinkers, like how to how to always have on hand old fashions ready to drink. You know? Yeah, just just brush your teeth.